0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Everyday People Podcast with me, your host, Nyung Vo, all the way from London. I'm your everyday person whose mission is to give everyday people a platform to share their incredible story, learnings and life tools to inspire you to create your best life. I believe that you don't have to be famous turn over a million a year or be in a high position to have something powerful to share and leave a positive impact on your community. I believe the only prerequisite is that you are being you and you are living the amazing life that is in alignment with you. That is enough to inspire me to go live my best life. Will you join me on this journey of sharing, learning and living alongside everyday people? We are up to episode three of Everyday People Podcast. And today I have my housemate, Andrew Headley and we are recording from our home because we're in lockdown in London. So Andrew has been my housemate for two months in Stoke Newington. I moved out of my last home just before December. So we did really get to know each other in lockdown over Christmas and over New Year's and we had a great time. We both love cooking and eating. So we had lots of food comas and yeah, lots of wine as well. So I did find Andrew via a weekly community e-newsletter, which I absolutely love. It's called Hackney Broadlist. So I'm really excited to share him with you guys. So Andrew is a Kiwi living in London. He's been here for nine years now. He is a freelancer designer in the film and commercial industry. He's also an act on the side and most likely has been on your TV screen. He's even been on an Aussie ad for, who is it for Andrew?
1: Energy Australia.
0: Let's start with how you ended up in London for the last nine years.
1: I'm half English I was actually born in the UK, so coming to London was always on the cards. So I came here in my late 20s and, you know, thinking that I was only going to be here for two or three years, but actually, well, here I am still eight and a half years later, nearly nine years later, and it's home. It's become where I will probably stay.
0: So what have you been up to in London in the last eight and a half years? Like, what relationship do you have with London? Because I think maybe it's got to do with your career more than your, you know, the fact that you identify as being English. You tell me.
1: Yeah, I came here and uh, it took me a long time to find a job. Eventually, I started working in-house at a commercials production company. It was a bit of a foot in the door, really. I was probably too old to be doing the role that I was doing, but I accepted it because I needed something because I was feeling like a bit of a failure at that time. What do you mean
0: you feel like a
1: failure? Well, I often feel like a failure. It's one of those things that changes like the weather, you know. Sometimes (laughs) I'm feeling good. and Sometimes I'm feeling like I haven't really succeeded at what I want to do. But mostly because, you know, I'd moved over here to London and uh, the general narrative goes that, oh, New Zealanders move to London and have an amazing time, find a great job, really succeed. And I'm like, well, you know, I've been here nine months and I'm occasionally looking on job websites, trying to find something and not just feeling kind of stupid, sitting on a couch, wondering what I'm going to do that day. Yeah, so I started working at this production company and I was there for about four years.
0: I guess because you came to London and started your career here, what do you think of working in London and you know the opportunities that has been given to you?
1: The thing about London compared to Auckland, where I came from, is that there's so much more on offer here. Um, So many more companies doing so much more work that there really are so many more opportunities and ways that you can fit in and do well, I think. So I feel like if I stayed in Auckland, it's a much smaller pool and there just wouldn't have been um, openings for me. I think people pigeonhole you a lot more in in New Zealand. Once they know you as a certain thing, that's you for the next five years. Whereas in, in London, you know, you can turn up here and you can kind of almost reinvent yourself, I think. Just be who you want to be. So many people here lie on their CVs and just say that they're so experienced and talented when in actual fact they've, uh, they're not. <laughs> so that's something to bear in mind if you're a New Zealander or an Australian coming here. Kind of, you know, fabricate your CVs and uh, have fun.
0: That's what people do generally anyway, I think. You have to aim a bit higher and see where you land, you know?
1: I know so many people who have, well, I think I have this too, imposter syndrome, and they think, oh, I don't feel like I'm good enough to do this role. But it's like everyone's blagging it, you know, everyone, even the CEO everyone. <laughs> no one really knows what they're doing. You look at the top people, even the politicians, the prime ministers and presidents, everyone's just kind of winging it. So it gives me hope, you know? It's all about confidence, and you, if you say you can do something, if someone says oh can you do this for me and you go oh in your head you're thinking no but outside your head you're saying yes and uh, you do it and then you kind of work out how to do it on the way
0: yeah I always think why not I mean if someone asked me to do something I'd say yes as well and I don't think you need superhuman powers to do certain things I think you just learn as you go and a lot of A lot of it's got to do with experience. And it's the chicken and egg thing. It's like, when am I going to get that experience if I'm not going to do it? So you just have to do it, (laughs) right? Yeah. You must have lived in a few different areas Now that you've been here for nine years, what has been your favourite area to live in and can you describe it?
1: Actually, I've only lived in two, both in East London, within the borough of Hackney, but one's Homerton and one's Stoke Newington. And Homerton is quite, shall we say, rough around the edges and Stoke Newington is a bit more fancy. But I like the parks around here and I like the little shops and stuff and all the back streets are quite nice.
0: So when London is not in lockdown, what does London have on offer that you enjoy doing?
1: I feel like London has everything that's why that's why I live here compared to where I used to live in in New Zealand usually every night of the week there's some amazing band playing here there's um you know world class exhibitions festivals Amazing museums, incredible range of restaurants and bars, beautiful big parks. Currently, uh, well, where we live is quite a big Turkish area, so there's lots of cool Turkish places around here. I quite like Mangal 1 across the road. You um, <laughs>
0: can't tell me where we live. <laughs>
1: uh, Mangal 1 down, around the, uh, down the street and around the corner. Know,
0: what I find really interesting when I first met you was that, I don't know if I should label people, but I thought that you were a quirky introvert. It's interesting that you do acting and you sort of fell into acting and do a few commercials here and there and you have your own agent as well. Can you tell me about how you fell into acting and what the experience has been like? And yeah, how do you do it as an introvert?
1: Yeah, I would say your initial assessment of me as a quirky introvert would be bang on. How I fell into acting was that I went to film school in New Zealand and it was one of those things where we're all making short films and occasionally well, we would always need background extras. And they would say, hey, Andrew, can you be in the back of the shot taking money out from this ATM? You're going to get mugged. All right, and I say, yeah, fine. Yeah, well, I mean, I used to hate the sight of me and and uh, the sound of me. You know, uh, w- once once people start saying, "Oh, that was funny" or "That was really good," it builds your confidence. And mm-hmm. um, before long, people were casting me in the main roles in their short films, and I was in a few plays, and uh, you know, a scene in a TV show, and a, a film, and a music video, and I got an agent in New Zealand and they put me forward for about four auditions for ads, and I got all four, and I felt like the absolute king of the world. And then I moved to London, and no one cared who I was, and I couldn't find an agent for ages until there was a chance encounter, which I won't go into, and um, I managed to get an agent here and go for more ads here. And basically, uh, if you say I'm an actor, I only do commercials acting, which involves pulling a funny face, and um, yeah, I play a character who's hapless but likable. So if you're looking for an idiot husband or... (laughs) Someone who doesn't do yoga very well. I'm your man.
0: You're able to play a character who's so different to you. Generally, you're very calm and, like, centred.
1: Well, I would say I'm a quieter person, but I'm quite observational. So uh, basically what you need to to be um, to act in ads is a a lack of um, censoring yourself. you just got to be shameless, basically, and act the goat, act the fool. I've done auditions in my underwear before, and I kind of now look back and think, gosh, I wish I didn't do that. I'm not talking sexy auditions. I'm talking about... (laughs) dancing around the room like an idiot, like Tom Cruise in Risky Business. And yeah, I did this audition once and were, I got the recall and there were about eight agency people all on their laptops, you know, sending important emails and everything. And there I am in my boxer shorts just doing this ridiculous dance routine. And then I do that and I'm gasping for air at the end of it. And then <laughs> they kind of look up and it's like, yep, yeah, thanks, mate. Yep, yeah, we'll call you. And Yeah, I didn't get the part, didn't hear back either.
0: This is one side of you, but there's another side of you, which is very structured and great attention to detail you're also a creative designer yeah how do you like switch from like being this creative self to also being able to be this structured person
1: acting in an ad or or doing over mic stand up or whatever it requires discipline it may look like it's off Mm. the cuff and improvisational but it's not it requires a sense of focus you have to be able to hit your marks which is like you know be in the right place and provide the exact right expression on your face your mind can't be just wandering all over the place.
0: Mm.
1: So like, I had to do this ad once, um, and it's a Swedish commercial. We were filming in Slovenia, and I had to play this really unfashionable teacher dancing in a school ball, and I was dancing badly. But everyone was watching me, all the cast, all the crew, everyone. And they said, you know, freestyle. And then there was me just having to make up (laughs) these elaborate dance moves. In front of so many people. Wow. And beforehand, I was trying to like, I wouldn't say meditate, but just get into the zone and just calm myself, you know, and focus. Good on you. It's a mental game, I would say.
0: I like that you remind me that being creative doesn't mean not structured.
1: People think that um, that you're born with a creative gene, or you're not, but it's not true. It's mostly just hard work.
0: How would you describe a creative? Or oh, sorry, my question is: How can you practice that creative muscle if you wanted to?
1: It is really just discipline. I'm, I, and you think that I'm good at it, but I'm really not. I actually consider myself quite a lazy person. But if I was, a, you know, a disciplined writer, I would get up at the same time every day and I would spend an hour writing before breakfast or something like that. Mm. You know, if you really want to do it properly, you'd do that. Mm. And I don't, but that's what you should do.
0: Hey, it's Annie Louie here, co-producer of the Everyday People podcast and Noong's first ever guest. We are super excited because season two has been made possible thanks to the support of our brand new sponsor, Alchemy Construct. If you haven't heard of them, Alchemy Construct is an innovative commercial construction company in Melbourne who have worked on massive projects like the Royal Melbourne Hospital, RMIT University, and now this podcast. To find out more about their work, head to alchemyconstruct.com or feast your eyes and their beautiful Instagram page at Alchemy Construct. Now let's get back to the juicy stuff. You might not really like this question, but okay. it's a question that I want to ask you.
1: I don't like it already.
0: You are reaching a milestone, which is the big 40 soon. I wonder what your biggest learnings in life has been so far. And it could be about yourself or the world or an idea.
1: So I've just got a year and Over a year and a half to go. Yeah, I know. It's quite a long time.
0: I'm hitting the big 30 soon. I'm 29 now, so I'm closer to being 30 than you are to being 40. But yeah, I'm interested to hear what your big learnings have been that you'd like to share.
1: Approach everything with a lightness of touch. Don't get too heavy because it just brings worry and anxiety.
0: Wow, I love that so much. I really went jogging and I was like, I have bad knees. How do I jog so that my knees don't hurt? And you said, don't make a sound when you're jogging. This is yeah. like a physical version of what you've said. <laughs> but it worked. Like, you don't have to pound the ground. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I could hear your feet from like two streets <laughs> away. Travel lightly through the world.
0: What are some things that you have decided to do?
1: I think it's just letting go of things that you can't control. Um, that's just one way of winding yourself up to no end. You just have to try to go with the flow.
0: Mm. There was a quote that I read recently by I can't toll. But it's to do with, like, when you give your thoughts and emotions more energy, then you become more emotionally charged. So to do life with the lightness of touch is to not feed the bad thoughts, the bad feelings. Or it could be bad or good. Do you know what I'm saying? Are there any other big learnings? When you reflect back, is there an idea that you've had?
1: Not really. Nice. The, no, this is the thing. Like, I know a lot of people are into, you know, self-help books and they're, and they're all into these inspirational quotes and stuff. But you Which can go, me. yeah, that's you. Yes. <laughs> but you can go too far in that direction and start like analysing everything you're doing, to, you know, this wellness trend, do way more meditation and, uh, and all, all this stuff, way more yoga, more exercise, and you start becoming this intense person just in another way. <laughs> uh so yeah i think just the trick is just to not yeah just to try to think less you know five years down the track you'll probably have forgotten about this completely mm. and human beings we're just here for a blink of an eye and then we're gone be curious try to be curious about the world and never stop um finding out things and be interested in what's around you
0: mm. you have said this to me before and i really like that and i am a natural curious person here's another one okay
1: be blunt just speak your mind Say what you think. People spend so much time accounting for other people's feelings that they sugarcoat everything, beat around the bush for ages. You should just say what you think.
0: It's basically communication, being blunt or expressing yourself. You're communicating your needs or your boundaries. And that's how you have healthy relationships because then the other person knows how to accommodate, right. vice versa. Another way of saying being blunt is just communicate.
1: I've gotten into trouble with this a lot through the years, especially <laughs> in the workplace, uh, especially in England. I have nearly got fired several times just for being blunt and not being diplomatic. To be fair, that is a lesson that I have learnt and you do have to be diplomatic and you have to kind of work out how to yes. accommodate their thinking into maybe what you would like them to do without just kind of flying off the handle and just being a inconsiderate and and blunt in that way, which is going to make them angry.
0: I've had the same problem too. (laughs) As I've gotten older, I've learned to, I don't know, I've just learned to be more of a team player, basically. It wasn't until people start hating me at work that I realised it's because I'm not a team player and that I just want to do what I want, say what I want, but that's not how the world works. It's a balance of being an individual but also being part of the community and also bringing people along on your journey and having They'll support you and vice versa. So you brought a book. I mean, you just took it off the bookshelf because we're at home. What is this book called? And what do you want to share with my listeners? Because we like learning.
1: All right. This book is called The Order of Time. It's by an Italian physicist called Carlo Rovelli. And he's quite a philosophical scientist. But this book is all about the, the phenomena of time and how it is something that we humans perceive in a certain way but in actual fact it's nothing like we think it is so we might think that the past is behind us and we're in this ever-moving present and the future is a- ahead of us but what he's saying um, kind of turns that on its head one of the interesting points is that time moves at a different speed depending on where you are so if you're at the top of a very high mountain time is going faster than at your, if you're at the bottom of the mountain does that sound crazy but if you were living at the top of a mountain, you'd live faster or age faster than if you than your friend who's living at the bottom of the mountain.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you being serious? Yes. It's minuscule.
1: I don't miniscule. want to live any,
0: on any highlands. I want to live on flat ground. Yeah,
1: go down to a trench. Stay down there.
0: Why is that the case?
1: Forgive me if I'm uh, mangling his eloquent explanation, but uh, gravity bends time in such a way. That. You got, I mean you got to read this book I can't even explain it. Here's wow. another thing that I always found interesting is he says um, every everything even objects that you mm. see, they should be seen as events. So for example, um, a hug if you hug your friend that's an event but also a rock or a stone is an event because it's a um,
0: it's a milestone.
1: No no came the rock <laughs> the, the rock is an interaction the rock is an interaction of particles um for a certain amount of time. So all the all the particles, atoms, electrons, whatever, they yes. are being attracted to each other or whatever they do. And then eventually the, the, oh, all those particles will, will fall apart. And but it's an event. So even the neurons and, and the thoughts in your mind little
0: So it's things. he's just saying it's not static.
1: Yep. Yeah, change is without change we wouldn't perceive time.
0: We are up to the five quick questions. What's a phrase that you say often? Bollocks. What movie can you watch again and again and never get sick of?
1: Dazed and Confused. I've always liked that film. It's an easy watch. I can watch it again.
0: So I want to understand what makes a movie good enough to watch again and again, or why you chose that movie.
1: Can I talk about a TV series? Yeah. I watched this one called I'm Alan Partridge, starring Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge. In the first series, he's staying in a... (laughs) I'm still laughing. I've even seen it like 10 times, 20 times. More And he's staying in a travel lodge on the edge of a motorway. Second series, he's living in a mobile home while he waits for his house to be built. He's just this ridiculous character and it's endlessly rewatchable and funny and quotable. I I quote from it quite a lot.
0: Okay, give us one quote that you like.
1: Um, They've rebadged it, you're fool.
0: What do you look forward to?
1: Getting into bed at the end of every day and I look forward to a coffee in the morning. How do you
0: make your bed like really comfy so that you can just enjoy it all?
1: Uh, The trick is to make your bed in the morning so by the time you get there in the evening it's all ready for you.
0: What is a trait that you admire in others that you want to have more of?
1: The ability to laugh out loud. I think something's funny in my head but I don't really go.
0: (laughs) 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 I remember asking you like describe me or something and you said that I laugh out loud and that was an observation that you had that no one has ever said before. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I thought everyone laughed out loud. <laughs> I do
1: not do that, but I wish, you know, if I did throw back my head and emit a throaty <laughs> guffaw, would that make me look more confident?
0: Ah, oh, why do you think you don't?
1: What, I don't laugh?
0: Yeah, like, why don't you laugh out loud? Like,
1: I don't just, I just don't get that physical response. You know, some, I don't know how laughter works, but some people, wow. it hits them and they just need to make a noise. Yeah. But how does that happen? I don't know. Oh I don't get gosh. that. i got a you're defunct just, gene or something like that. You're just a
0: very calm person.
1: I'm just quite dry.
0: A lot of the times you think everyone else is like you, so you forget that until someone tells you they're not like you. What activity do you enjoy doing alone?
1: Watching a film. When I watch a film, I just want to concentrate on the film, and if I'm watching it with someone else, they're just going to be talking through it or getting up to turn on the light or washing dishes in the background or doing the ironing.
0: <laughs> That's what the I mean. ironing
1: Well, this is, I guess, a nerdy trait of mine is just like I feel like if someone's gone to the effort to make a movie, then you should be watching it. If you're away from, you know, you go downstairs and it's still playing in the background, you don't bother to pause it, Mm. then it's like all that time of actors doing multiple takes of sound recorders recording them, of cinematographers lighting it and filming it and all that stuff just goes to waste because you don't want to watch it, but I don't get it. Why not? If it was there, if it's there for a reason, if it's a good film, it should be there for a reason, then you should be watching it.
0: I really like that. I just got
1: angry there. Did you see that? I got kind of angry about it. Passionate.
0: I love that. It makes me want to appreciate art more. I mean, film is a form of art. We forget how much effort is put into people's work, you know? And you want to give it your full appreciation out of respect, but also to be able to, like, experience it properly, you know? Yeah. What's a good pick-me-up thing that you do when you need it
1: yeah go for a run do some exercise i actually feel much much better after just going for a short jog
0: you've just listened to the everyday people podcast with nyungbo you can find out more about andrew at andrewheadley.net you can connect with andrew on linkedin or on instagram listen to more episodes of the everyday people podcast with inspiring everyday people on itunes or spotify